Welcome to another episode of the Black Box News Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra L. Ward, and I believe this is episode 24, still talking with a sociologist and scholar, Jelly Low Black. And today we really get into a portion of Phoebe Robinson's book, um, Do Not Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes, Honey. Where she's talking about her plans, her plans that she thought were her plans in her 20s um, in accordance to gender norms around marriage um, and children. Uh, uh, uh. And we'll get into that after getting into our theme song and words to your mother about donating um, and supporting this podcast. But also it's so funny that this portion of the podcast fell into sort of this part of my life, or I should say editing this portion of the podcast fell into this part of my life because, yeah, I just finished watching, I haven't finished the reunion, but I just finished watching The Ultimatum and it's shameful, but I was up till like three o'clock in the morning, damn near been watching, binge watching. And it's just like, first of all, the show is cringy. So if you haven't watched it, be ready to feel like your skin is about to fall off your body. That was me most of the time. Because also it's like, oh, man, <laughs> how much of this TV show feels like a looking glass to like past versions of myself. But also it's so nice to see behavior around like the pressures um, placed on women to, I guess, like project their life towards marriage, towards childbirth, towards landing a man who will provide, towards like all these very like heteronormative ways of approaching partnership and love um and what does it mean to be like wealthy and where do we sort of place value with regards to you know going through the world um and how going through the world single is sort of seen as like a sickness in some way shape or form um and or just like um like you're uh, unsuccessful and that always really (laughs) That blows me how somehow being in a committed relationship, uh, more specifically in marriage, and having children um, in our early 20s is seen as like sort of having it all. Um, but also it's like you get to be 24, 25, 26, and you're like, oh, shit, a bitch is young. <laughs> a bitch is motherfucking young, ho, and what the fuck I look like having a whole human depending on me. Um and then having to like place the stressors of being in a committed relationship um with a human who's probably also in their twenties. Um and they're also sort of going in into a place of the unknown or th- this idea of trying to figure out who they are. Um, and like, I don't know, the pressures to, the pressure, the expectation and the canon and the legacy and the lineage of, of women having to bear child in their early 20s, um, I just I just can't rock with. 
I just can't rock with it. And it's so unfortunate, but so also beautiful to watch on this TV show. The Ultimatum's on Netflix, um, if you did not know. I won't spoil it for you. Um, they only have one season, but I'm pretty sure by the looks of it, they'll be making various seasons. Very unique, um, like, approach to reality TV. So, essentially... Because maybe you don't know what the ultimatum is. Essentially, there, I think, is like five, four couples? Four or five? Actually, I could be wrong. Six couples? Yeah, child, that sounds good. Six couples? Six couples. Um, heteronormative, so a man and a woman, um, that sort of canon. Um, but somebody within their relationship and naturally they claim that these are long relationships, y'all. They're saying two years is a long time to be in a relationship. Six months is a long time to be in a relationship. A year and a half is a long time to be in a relationship. And somehow within those two years, a year and a half, two months, six months, which inherently I would argue is a blink of an eye, but somehow these very young people have come to this understanding that they're ready for marriage and it's marriage or nothing. And so one portion or one uh, one of the people within that sort of partnership, they present their partner with an ultimatum. You either marry me um, <laughs> and place us on this fast track to sort of the American dream around family structures, ah, 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 um, especially having kids. That's also something that everybody's always fucking talking about on this TV show. Or I'm done. Or I'm leaving. Or... <clears throat> <laughs> a bitch is getting up through and you need to go find somebody else. Um, and in this TV show, all couples except one, um, the ultimatum was given by the woman and one given by the man. And arguably he has some trauma and um, things that need to be figured out around his ego. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. That's not the argument that I'm having. Black woman lens point of view for this podcast. <laughs> um, but essentially, it's really interesting to watch what some of these women um, are willing to give up in exchange for this idea of what they've been spoon fed um, is with regards to the expectations of what a woman's body should be doing. Um, uh, and what Jelly calls, I think she says the milestones, like what are these milestones or um sort of markers of success that we as women have to go through and contemplate about um with regards to childbirth but also y'all these kids are i mean they're young like 23 maybe there's somebody who's 22 i could be lying but i'm pretty sure their range is like 23 24 25 26 there's somebody who's 30 but i don't think there's anybody necessarily over 30 um and the it's interesting it's so you see if you are somebody who's like me and really be psychoanalyzing the shit out of yourself which makes you sort of um able to do the same and watching other people you literally get to watch red flags pop up um flags of abuse flags of trauma or I should say unresolved trauma, um, flags of what um, toxic masculinity looks like and how that shows up in the male ego to want to control the sort of narrative um, uh, 
of the woman um, and sort of choice making of the woman. You get to see all of these things. You get to see gaslighting in real fucking time, real fucking time, and how this idea of marriage and children becomes this like um, layer, blind, blinding layer, I should say, blinding layer over the eyes because somehow it's like no matter what happens as long as I am pregnant and I am in a marriage that I'm successful. It doesn't fucking matter how you're treating me. It doesn't matter how you're speaking to me. It doesn't matter um, how you are sort of controlling my mind. Um Or (laughs) it doesn't matter how, like, (laughs) the opposite of a man you are, like, and by that, like, meaning respectable human being, adulting, um, being able to communicate, um, being able to provide space for somebody else's fullness. Like, that is not something that they sort of grapple with enough. And honestly, I would argue that in in portions and times they do, but because these couples are so interested in marriage and having children that, like, there is no voice of reason. (laughs) There is no fucking voice of reason. Um, Which is why it's like, Oh my god, I'm watching this TV show and my skin wants to fall off of my fucking body because you're I'm watching you get gaslit and then you're gaslighting yourself and making this man's issues now about you. And now all of a sudden you're the one who needs healing. All of a sudden you're the one who is doing all the wrong things in the relationship when actually no in fact your man wants his cake and he wants to eat it too and he wants the chips and then he wants Two Coca-Colas and not the one in the cans. He wants the ones in the glass bottles that come from Brazil. And y'all know they got the good-ass fucking sugar. So you know that shit is good. And this this bitch is just, like, giving him the full spread. Literally and figuratively. So... This podcast is very timely today. And I'm so excited for us to get into this. I'm going to stop talking because... This the episode's already about 45-ish minutes, okay? So I'm going to let us get into our theme song. We'll hop into donations and how you can support this podcast, and then we'll get right to it. Tell me what it is. Mm. I didn't see this coming. I didn't know nothing at all. Yeah There's something silent in There's something silent in the air Whoa It looms, it looms The truth is overdue Okay This is the point in the podcast Where we pass the collection plate Okay, honey um ways that you can donate to this podcast help support this podcast keep the lights on keep the episodes coming uh i have several ways that you can donate if you'd be interested if you feel so called patreon trying the patreon thing (laughs) patreon is real simple um Currently, the way my Patreon is set up is it's simply a place to collect donations for this podcast. Maybe it'll shift in the future as I have some other sort of creative adventures that I'm going on. Um, but Patreon, just simple. Look up the Black Box News. 
you'll find me on Patreon. There are two really unique ways of giving that uh, I am really excited about, which is my Amazon wish list. I have two of them. There is a TVB News tech offering wish list. Oh my God. There are, I have like a dream electronic setup that I am truly aspiring to and saving money for, um, for these two mics that I really want, but then I also need a mixing table. Um, you hear me hitting my fist at the same time because it is that serious. <laughs> it's like two mics, um, the cords for the mics, the XLR cables, um, the Rodecaster Pro mixing board, um, and then all the things needed to sort of help that function seamlessly in my recording studio. All of these things are things that can be found um, on the tech offering wish list. Um, even if, honey, you like child, I'm not buying you no tech, you can at least look at how much them joints cost and donate a couple motherfucking dollars. <laughs> it is not cheap to keep sort of this podcast sounding um the way that it does and up to my standards because y'all know I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit um so yeah so there's that the other side or I should say the second Amazon wish list is what I call buy me a book um, similar to this uh, episode that we'll be getting into, a lot of my podcasts, even ones prior um, within the Roundtable Artist Talks, were led by readings, um, chapters, um, small segments of books that really spoke to me. I extrapolate them and place them into a panel-like format. Um so, yes, you could buy me a book. All the books that are on this list are things that I'm interested in diving into. Um, it's a cross-pollination between things that can help support the podcast, but also things that can help support my studies. Y'all know I'm getting my master's in dance and performance studies. And so all of these things are sort of in the a gumbo pot of sorts of research. So there's that. But then there's also Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal. I believe Cash App and Venmo are at or a cash tag Sierra Ward, and PayPal is at TBB News. However, your girl could be wrong because I'm spitting this off the top of my head. So, as always, you will be able to find all of these things in the show notes, a la the description. Yeah, thanks so much. If nothing else, I appreciate you lending me your ear. Go on, switch it up with no warning. Bottle it up now. All of your pain, you're tearing the pillars down only for your love to drown. I'm not gonna fix it now. Oh no, mm. go on, talk it up. Tell a story, tell it the way you want. Her speech actually ties in really well with the sort of end of chapter one when it talks about 
this whole idea of like having to start over because like essentially what she's naming is like all the dreams that never made it to fruition do you know what i mean and like what that hold on let me pull up this quote because i wrote this down is it the beginning again one Oh, that's you know on page 16. Hold on. Oh, yes. Okay, so starting over and being vulnerable in a world that is nothing like what you had constructed for yourself was scary, frustrating, and heartbreaking. Beginning again, which this is a whole sermon in itself. I, I'm literally about to feel. I might tear up. <laughs> I felt this. I felt this. Beginning again can feel like yet another tiny death of who you are and what you knew. And the older I get, it seems that adulthood is nothing but those tiny little deaths. Just reminders that all the things and people and even our self-identities that we hold dear are fragile. And perhaps by us spending so much time trying to forget that fragility, we are also forgetting that it's what makes those very things people and ourselves special and worth living for and for me i'm just like not only is it a sermon but i also i think i honestly wrote it down in my first like round of notes without even the fucking page number because i was just like this shit really hits fucking home but also i think at the age of 25 and that's really where she's talking. And I'm, we 25, like we write, I feel her. Feel, because it's like, I look back at what I thought life was about to fucking look like. And it's like, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually really appreciate where I'm at. And I appreciate that those dreams didn't come true. But also, I think to be, at least I'll speak from my eye. <laughs> To be 25 in this time and in this place and the things that got me to sit in this chair, I'm con- constantly and consistently in a place of mourning while still trying to be in a headspace to progress forward. Like, even if we, like, tap on the politics of the second chapter with regards to um, the second chapter being chapter one, <laughs> not the introduction. Um, but, like, with regards to, like, childbirth and, like, family building, you could not tell 20-year-old Sierra that she wasn't going to have... Actually, let's take it back. 19-year-old Sierra that she wasn't going to have no kid. Wedding uh, uh, by 24. When she talked about Nash, you couldn't tell five, 10 Period. year old You couldn't tell 10-year-old Jelly you that she wasn't, she wasn't about to live in that mansion. Mary, at that time it was Will Smith. I'm sorry, y'all, if y'all got something to say. Let's be fine, though. Well, you know, I was watching my Fresh Prince every day after school. It was like, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince, Moesha, Moesha. It was like back-to-back on TV. me, honestly, I liked Will Smith and Fresh Prince, but I was always trying to find me a Theo-ass nigga. Uh, I was like, ooh. And Theo got big hands. He do, he do. And he, he a real stalk. Now he's he, a little corny now. I was going to say. He's but, a little corny. But, but the character that he played, it was interpreted very well. No, it was. No, you know, we don't give enough credit to, like, the 90s, early 2000s, black, black men relationships. Because I was looking. They, that's what I was expecting when I got mm-hmm. older. You know, I mm-hmm. thought. You know, I thought I would be the least of somebody's will, you know, like, <laughs> I would be something, somebody, yes. like, Vivian, anybody, like, but, no, that, but that's a whole nother conversation, but I, I completely, 
I remember ha- thinking I had my whole life planned. But that, because that is what little girls talked about. Because as she talks about, like, we are conditioned to be talking about that. Yeah. The reason we're playing MASH and the boys really aren't is because she didn't talk about that. about that. She brought up MASH, and I, like, could go all the way back. I was thinking, of, I used to play MASH regularly. But we used to make fortune tellers. Girl, I was out here like, <laughs> tell me my life. <laughs> Five kids, like yeah. I, you would freak out, like mm-hmm. girl, what in the shack? Mm-hmm. Oh no, <laughs> like I would, be, I would be upset, but like, but that was really a that was really a game that girls played. Like I didn't, there weren't boys who were lining up to play mash in my daycare. Like I remember, and and that's because they're not envisioning like. What MASH had was where you were going to live, who you were going to marry, how many kids you was going to have, was you going to have a pet or not, what you was going to name them kids, where your honeymoon was going to be. It was everything related to a man. Mm -hmm. Let's be real. That's true. And, like, and I really bought that stuff. So, you know, I, by 25, I was already on my second, third kid in my, in, yes. in Lil Jelly's head. I was on, I was, I've been married for four years, yeah. girl. Like, we done traveled the world already. Like, I thought my, my version of time was completely different than what it is now. Yeah. And that's like, when she talks about the tiny little deaths, I think about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Is like, how like my rubric for things have changed as an adult. That's and, a good word. And sometimes I miss, like, I miss thinking $10 was like, yeah, where now I get a thousand, I'm like, man, that don't even cover rent. Like, yeah, the like, bliss. yeah, like yeah. I miss, I miss being ignorant to how much a rug costs, girl. Like, yes. to ha- like I to when me it's, it's the electricity. Ooh, ooh, it's don't get me on electricity. I called my mom. I was like, Mom, why is it a hundred dollars? What is going? Something's wrong. Something is literally wrong. She's like, you do understand it cost me only a little over a hundred. I'm like, so that means there's something really wrong. So now there's a whole nother step that I have to do to adult even more to practice agency inside of these right. relationships that really only want your money. Right. And it's like, I feel like constantly we're in these these situations where we're negotiating our time and our agency. Those mm-hmm. are those can are not always compatible. Like. Mm-hmm. Girl at the nail shop today, I was like, she is not doing what I asked for. But I'm like, at this point in time, if I asked for what I really wanted, what which I would have hoped I got, we gonna have to restart the process. Yeah, nobody got time for that because I'm already here. I like me sitting on the phone on hold for two hours is time. Yeah, all because I want my refund. But y'all make it, they make it like that so that we give up and we let them have the money. And I be wrestling every day, like, you're going to stay on hold, Jelly. They're not going to get you. Yes. You're going to be, they're not going to get your money, Jelly. Yes. But, like, at the same time, I don't got the time. Don't. Or energy. Don't. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think, <clears throat> even if we go back to the whole, like, kids argument, we should talk about that. I really go. I know. I really go back and forth. Um, I have um, a. I'm taking an anthropology class with study of violence, and since she talks about sterilization, I'll bring it up. Um, I and I had this. I've had this conversation with my advisor too. Like, there's this sort of voluntary sterilization that needs to be talked about with regards to educated Black women. 
saying, I see the system, I see what it produces, and I'm smart enough to understand what could happen enough to just want to be somebody's auntie. Do you know what I mean? And, like, also let me name that that assumes that this person is making the decision to not have kids Mm -hmm. for a political reason or just, like, a political awareness. But, like, for me, it's twofold. It's that because I look at my nephew and I just, like, sometimes I have a moment of fear. (laughs) You know, like, I can look at him and I'm like, one day you're going to be tall and you're a chocolate little boy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he talks with his hands now. And I'm like, somebody's not going to like that mm-hmm. one day. Somebody's going to, quote, unquote, feel threatened by how expressive you are. Mm. And so I just question, I question if that's something that I want to worry about. Because I already got anxiety. That's another thing. It's like, if we're talking about... You know, she goes she goes into this book or this um idea about Robson goes into this book about or this idea about the whole like it's easy um somehow when you birth a child there's a flip of a switch and then everything fucking makes sense and all of a sudden you're grown grown. Like you're grown grown, that, nothing is hard. I'm glad she talked about that. And I'm just like, I'm still going to therapy. I still have panic attacks. I still, like, get a little anxious. Like, I'm driving home the other day. There's this this red car. And I had to, I should have known that the the person that was in the car was black. Because in between us was a police officer. And I was behind the police officer. But you know how you start to drive suspiciously. Driving while black. Mad slow. I'm just like. Just continue on as normal. Just be normal. Just be normal. Because they're going to get you if you Just not. be. And he got lucky because the cop was black. But I didn't know that and he didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's still, that's still not saying much. I was say, girl, I've been pulled over by it's, a couple black yeah, cops. Yeah. It's still not saying much. But because we were, like, on the university mm-hmm. streets, uh-uh. And so he's driving that slow and he's at this one holding up traffic. And the cop pulls to the side because the cop is making it right and they're going straight. The cop then flicks his lights on and I start to panic as if I can be pulled over from a cop that's in front of me. Girl, cops be pulling people over and as soon as, like, as soon as I see anything, a semblance, and you know, you know, I be high sometimes, I be even more paranoid. (laughs) I be like, is that a cop? Is that a cop? Even when I see Uh people pulled over already, I be stressed because even if it's not involving me, because it's like, I just put in a situation. Like, I be slowing down. Like, should I stop? Yes. I'd be like, yes. I should stop her. Huh? They're not going to just not have no oversight. Like, I Yeah, mean, and it's like the rev that the body does in a millisecond. It's like, this is just a cop car. We're talking about having kids. Right. Do you know what I mean? I just right. think about the sort of moments of panic that I went through as a child that my mom had to sort of grow up really fast to, and maybe she didn't really grow up really fast. You know what I mean? And she still was going through things where I'm like, how can I expect that the the performance of having a physical child will all of a sudden heal all the things inside of me so that I'm able to show up in a way that this child will need for the rest of their life? Sarah. 
you know I was just in a little relationship. I was trying to play stepmom and whatnot. And I just, I do want to say that, like, something that's really hard for me is, like, mm -hmm. something that I'm working on in therapy, mm -hmm. and honestly, a lot of my friends deal with, too, is, like, the impacts of having a narcissistic parent. Like, mm. dealing with a parent with narcissism is, mm. is like, a certain type of experience, but we don't recognize, like, narcissism sounds like a big word, but really it's just... It's really just an incomplete person who just not not in tune with the fact they incomplete. And something that's really difficult for me, like I don't I don't necessarily like want kids or not want kids, right? I'm someone who's kind of like if it happens, I'm gonna be like, oh shoot, mm. your girl is pregnant. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know how about you know then I'll you know make sense of that but mm -hmm. I I never wanted it to be something that I craved because mm -hmm. one I never she talks about this too is like the way your relationship is like evaluated based on these benchmarks yeah. yes, right yes, 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 and yes. like honestly even being outside of a relationship I was just talking to some girls about this like it is hard to even make connections with people where they don't like that's one of the first things people yeah, ask is want, what yeah. is your ideas around yeah the, or uh, even like you know when you when you a single friend, everybody concerned about you. Like you not living. I'm I'm content, y'all. Yes. I like my little single self. Yeah. I like living alone, not cleaning up after nobody, not cooking for nobody, but myself having leftovers. I was saying, not sharing the meal. Yeah, girl, I be having leftovers for days. Days. And I be I be out here munching. Like I thoroughly enjoy waking up in the bed alone. And just. I be I be on the diagonal yes. with my legs. I be I be smiling like. Not overheating because of somebody else's body. Heat. Not having like, an like having feeling like I need to tell everybody my moves and whatnot. And not mm -hmm. that every relationship needs to be that way. That's why I'm single is because I ain't found that person yet. But but like I I don't. Why is it that every friendship I have they concerned about my singleness? Mm -hmm. Like and only when they in a relationship. But even the one like I have a lot of. It's hard because the more I get into my studies, mm -hmm. the more I'm thinking so abstract. Yeah. And the more my friends are, I feel, basing so much of their life on social media. Yeah. So, like, it's hard to be around my, like, my friends that I've, like, always been friends. Like, I love them. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, we. Yeah. But, like, being around them sometimes feels like, wow, like, it's easy to get sucked in. It's easy. Like, I don't even know Gunna was dating Chloe until I was around my friends. Like oh, that's news to me. Right? I said that's what Chloe Kardashian? I was confused. Like cuz they be talking about them too. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other conversation. But Wait, who Cl No, no. Chloe? No, it's not that Chloe. No, the other Chloe. Chloe, Chloe and Chloe, Hallie, Chloe. Chloe. Yeah. yeah, Black Chloe. Our Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, she did. Girl, I didn't either. They was like, I can't believe... They, like, my... The people I was just around, they know everything about everybody, right? And, like, that's fine. I don't even follow the shade room no more. Girl, I'd be so... I had to get off Twitter because the academics came for me. Not came for me verbally. <laughs> but I just I just remember getting on one day in, in a very anxious state uh -huh. and just seeing all of these, like... I just saw too much, and I just needed to disconnect. I just didn't need to be thrown into the academic world uh -huh. in that way. Uh -huh. I didn't realize I had so many academic followers. <laughs> I said, oh, my God, they talking about publishing, all the things I have not done yet, oh. conferencing. Like, I need to move. I need to go. 
people passing dissertations already. Your girl don't even know what she gonna propose. <laughs> also, congrats, you, congrats you. on your candidacy. Yes, bitch, about to get her PhD. You know, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> but, but with the going back to the narcissism thing, mm-hmm. what's really hard for me is how regularly people talk about wanting kids. For the very superficial reasons mm-hmm. of having kids. Mm-hmm. They want themselves a mini me. Mm-hmm. Get a pet. Mm-hmm. They want they want, oh, I can't wait to like they the only times I hear about like wanting a child are either tied to moving the relationship further, mm-hmm. like, oh, cause that'll that that's what we are supposed to do yeah. in this stage. Yeah. Versus wanting a mini me. Those are the only reasons I ever Can hear. Can I give another reason? Yeah, give it to me. And this, I honestly was reflecting on this at the end of the. So this was what I was doing for New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard from. So my mom originally wanted a boy, and. She, my mama don't be listening to my podcast, so she ain't going to be upset. <laughs> but she said that she wanted a boy. And my mom came from an interesting home um, that honestly didn't serve her in the way that it should have. And her mother has some really interesting relationship dynamics um, with just, like, patriarchy, period, and men and how she feeds into that. And so my mom came from that household, and she goes, well, I want to have a son so that I can raise, and you know the rest. And I just think that's not, one, that's not enough to me, but two, that's how we get into these, like, situations where men, or men, sons, I should say, have interesting relationships with their mothers, and then it sort of tumbles into this, like, very, like unstable ways of relating to women and I just don't quite understand how it is that it is my job to raise a man to be this other thing right but then he because of our relationship because normally they're close then begins to treat other black women in a way that doesn't reflect his own relationship. But then again, the mom did so much for the son because she wanted to raise something that was different than, and so then we just get into this really big cycle. It's always reactionary. It's always, and that is what terrifies me. Well, okay, she didn't even talk about this, but pregnancy itself terrified me. She she mentioned the breastfeeding myth about like, oh, because, you know, they portray it like it's nothing. Yes. But I know people who breastfeed and it's not nothing like that that stuff is painful but besides the physical part that scares me when about my, kids when my sister told me about afterbirth i lost my fucking mind how I was can like you what not? do you mean i said what came out what dropped out uh, i don't understand girl when they talk about the stitches i said no Mm-mm. and ooh, 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 i got my body like literally <laughs> my body like cringes and <laughs> i hope i can overcome this fear like if I do get pregnant, I hope mentally mm-hmm. I can battle this. But, like, I never wanted to have a kid. I never wanted to want to have a kid. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that one is, like, it's so hard to not tie to these other things that I'm working so, like, consciously mm-hmm. at unlearning. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a kid. Oh, I, I don't want a mini-me because Jelly's still trying to work it out. Like... Mm-hmm. And I, I know that, like, healing is never a complete, like, it's right. not a process of completion. Like, right, I'm right. never going to be a healed person. I'm always going to be healing. And that doesn't mean I'm not capable of raising a kid. 
But when I tie my 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 worthiness, my mm-hmm. relationship status, like when I tie anything to a kid, plus I it already struggle in society, like to feel a place. Cause your girl be thinking, I be questioning everything. And yes. people be like, shut up, like it's just a show. Yes. And I'm like, is it just a show? Can you yes. imagine like uh-huh. if this was portrayed and people hate that? Like mm-hmm. that is, that's my biggest dating flaw I would say is that I, I want to challenge everything. And they be like, shut up. <laughs> but like a little mini, like a mini jelly right now, not gonna have no friends. She gonna be on the playground, he, she, they are gonna be on the playground. Like, oh my God, look at these kids. Like the boys are over there, the girls are over there, but there's no gender. They're gonna be so, my kids gonna be on the swing, swinging by themselves, just trying to see if they can touch this guy with their feet. The patriarchy. Right. Ah, Let me swing my legs forward. In Asada Asada Shakur's autobiography, Mm -hmm. she really spoke to me because she talks about the same kind of negotiation. She's mm-hmm. like, do I really want to bring a kid into this world? Do I want to bring a kid into a world that I I, I have literally worked my life at destructing, like yeah. destroying, yeah. right? Like my, what I genuinely believe my life is about is like deconstructing our mm-hmm. world because mm-hmm. it is not, like it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. Now I know I can't change it. I gave mm-hmm. up that hope a while ago, but I know that I can at least change people's relationship to it. And that's what I want to do. Like, but with a kid, like, why, like yearning for, for that, there's no, like, there's no preparation. There's mm-hmm. like, like she says, there's no one size fits all. There's no how to parent. Like, and what I learned in dating someone with a child is that like, people have very different reasons for having kids, you know? And I don't want my reason to be tied to anything about me like it shouldn't be me bringing a child into this world should not be about my wants and needs in my opinion but I don't think we know how to think about kids and families in a way that's not detached from some like traumatic experience yeah like we don't we want kids so that we can raise them to not be us we want kids so that we can raise them to be us but better we want to we want kids so that we can like not be what our fan, our parents were. But yeah. all of those things are tied to expectations that I don't think are fair on ourselves, which is why parenting is so difficult. Because- and also, like, if you try so hard to not be a thing, you inevitably become the thing. And that, to me, is what's, like, so unfortunate. It's, like, the argument around, like, oh, like, your parents did their best. And, like, I'm sure they did, but they did their best by looking backwards. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, that to me is my biggest fear. It's like, I get at the end of the day, like, parents just be fucking up. And I'm going to fuck up if I ever have a kid. You got and like to. It, right? Like, it's inevitable. But, like, it's like, but what is it? What type of fuck up? Like. Right. But, you know, something she didn't talk about that I, she probably will. And she kind of mentioned it, but, like. The pandemic brought a lot of babies. They did. And a lot of weddings and a lot of love and a lot of breakups. Like it brought a it brought a, a mm-hmm. lo- like a lot on hyper display. Mm-hmm. And I like really relate to being in this position where like I feel like it's like right now I'm seeing like my friends do what we've been told. I mean, right. I have people from high school who've been had kids and had yeah. relations. But like I've been so divorced from that that from from them because mm-hmm. like I ain't got no kids yeah. 
honestly, my I I be taking a minute to heal. Like I'm not your bounce back type of girl. So I really only had like two serious relationships. And it I be I be taking when they say it takes double the length of the relationship to heal, I feel that because I could be in a relationship with someone for two years, but your girl is healing for like four. Like I and just just now ready to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. But like in those relationships, like I never think it wasn't until this like the last person I dated wanted kids. Mm-hmm. So like I really it was interesting to hear her talk about her British Bake Off, mm-hmm. her little boo thing, right? Because she's like he is so adamant, and like what's interesting is like. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about that relationship. But, like, what's interesting is the way that, like, (laughs) there's so much to starting a family, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even when you think about naming. Mm -hmm. Like, how I always imagined myself, like, if I were to have kids, is, like, I would not... Like, my name comes from my father, Mm -hmm. who comes from his father. And I... have to say a thought that I think all the time. The last name stuff... (laughs) No, the the last person I was dating, he has a junior. Like, mm-hmm. he has a little junior him. And, like, super cute. I can understand. But, like, I personally cannot. Like, I am not going to continue that tradition. Like, if anything, we can, we can start our own family name. I'm about it. Like, let's talk about it. We can really get to it. But in turn, like, my name is not, like, I'm not attached to my name in the ways that I think a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Because I see my name as, like, a product of a man who's, like, selective about his position in my life. Mm. Whereas, and, and even then, like, just the tradition of, like, keeping the name. and mm-hmm. Like, that is all masculinity and patriarchy and colonization. Mm. And what's so sad to me is that, like, how we view relationships and, like, their success mm. is so divorced from, like, diasporic thinking. Because families and marriage and monogamy, all of these things are definitely Western ideals that have been placed, right? Mm -hmm. And not that there's no such thing as like a black monogamous relationship or like when we think of like Mm pre-colonization, like not that monogamy didn't exist, but like how families were formed were always community-based. Like, when you look at a lot of African civilizations, they were community-based families. So it wasn't, like, mom, dad, and then, like, how we think of the the family, right? It was, like, moms, dads, like, Mm -hmm. in that way. That doesn't always entail, like, sexual relationships between all the parents or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But, like, there's not, like, some hierarchy of family. Yeah. And I don't know what that looks like. Like, I don't know what that looks like today or if that's possible or what I even want, to be honest, which is why I don't think I'm ready to start a family because I know what family I don't want to create, but I don't have a full grasp on, like, what family can be. That's what I always say. I always name it so hard to become something you've never seen before. And Mm. I feel like that's where I'm at right now in this moment like i'm 25 and single and i live on my own this is something that neither my twin or my mother has ever engaged with really ever so okay wait wait wait. walk me through your twin and like where they're like where their life took a different route yeah so my twin and i um after graduating high school she went to the army and then i just went back to school I just went to school. Don't say it um, like that. I mean... You went to school. I went school. to school. I went to school. Um, so we took a split there. 
And then while I was in school, she ended up having my beautiful nephew. And then after having my nephew, she got married to her husband now and had my niece. So it's been interesting to engage and sort of also because we're twins, I get to experience uniquely her pregnancies and marriage and life, period. And so I love that she's had kids and I love that she's married because it I was I've always been the twin where my sister did the things first and then I reflect on if that's something that I want to do. Like that's do the you whole feel like canon of us. <laughs> that's funny. You you don't have to give me more on that to be honest. So that's that's my and I would say that my twin kind of follows the same sort of um projection as my mom and that my mom left from home Kind of. My mom left from home and moved in with now my father. They got married and had kids. Um, and they were, I'm a, I'm a honeymoon baby. So, like, there's also that, too. So, like, what I'm navigating right now in my life is nothing anybody's ever navigated before. And, and I've talked about this with my sister, too. Like, she acknowledges that I am in new terrain, that all she can do is be there for me. But, like being able to speak from experience neither parties can do. And so um, even if like, I just go back to like buying a car, like buying a car for me was so stressful because both for my twin and my mom, like that's something that the men have sort of taken hold of or like having to be aware of how to change a tire. Like now, listen, <laughs> I don't necessarily t- subscribe to certain gender things, but there are some things I just won't fucking do. <laughs> and it's like taking out the trash is one of them. Like, I, girl, who be taking out your trash? No, like if I had a household. Oh, okay. If I had like, a household, you live alone. In case. Listen, if I had a household, like the taking out the trash, like that's just not my job. Like, <laughs> it's not. Or like changing the tire, like that's not just. But again, I'm learning new things about like what I subscribe to or what I don't subscribe to um, living alone but I just don't fucking agree with having to do certain things but because I don't agree with them or that meant that I had not learned how to do them I know how to take out the fucking trash but when it comes to like changing a tire or like knowing things about cars or like how do you talk to people at the dealership like these are things that I was programmed to believe was like male jobs men jobs And so now I'm in a place where I'm having to learn all of these things. And it's stressful to me because I'm like having to negotiate with a salesman who looks down on me the moment that I come inside the building and they don't think that I'm intelligent enough to be able to negotiate. Like it's all of these little small isms that honestly my mom or my sister have never had to engage with. And so now I'm like sort of going through life frustrated sometimes because you want you want to tell me to just breathe like and calm down when in fact you literally don't know what it feels like to be in this position yeah and that's not to like talk down about the positions that they were in but it's just new territory which is right and i think this is also like the beauty of like having a therapist who has done certain things like it's another outside experience that the women in my household honestly haven't engaged. I don't even think my grandma, my grandma has what, like, 
the story is my grandma stole my grandpa from this woman. Oh, my grandma, I, my grandma was young though. They was I'm kids. all about it. I'm yeah. grandma. Let me, let me keep that. But, I was let me keep that G rated. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like grandma also had somebody. I will say that my aunts um have different experiences in like the canon that my grandma has passed down, but it is still severely difficult. And I think back, if we go back to, like, the concept of having children, this is something that I question for myself all the time because, I, you know, I also had a relationship that was horrible, problematic, abusive. And before getting into that relationship, I had imagined having children. This is how, like, reversed it is. Like, I thought about having kids, but I never thought about marriage. Or, like, I never thought about a wedding. Like, I I wasn't the little girl who dreamed about her wedding dress. And then I got into a relationship and I was like, okay, I think I could marry you, but for the sake of not looking like a soiled woman. So there's that. Because I was taught that you stay with the first man that you've been with. So then it doesn't matter what abuse you're going through, you have to withstand it because anything outside of that, now you're just like this tampered with. So there's that. (laughs) But also, like, I started to, once being in school and I started to learn things, I then said, I don't want to have kids with you because you don't have anything to offer to a child. (laughs) That was literally the words that I used to say because I'm, like, financially, where are you at? But, like, mental health-wise, where, like, and I don't think I even called it mental health, but I was just, like, mentally I could see things that I couldn't, I didn't have the language to name. Mm -hmm. Like... And so that is the other part is, like, I want to, because I'd be down for having a kid and then having a family dynamic that looks like, oh, I have multiple women that I live around who are my close friends and I take care of their kids and they take care of mine. Like, that's, if I have to close my eyes and dream about what that life of mine looks like, it looks like me having kids in a community of friends Mm -hmm. that are black women. Can I speak to Mm -hmm. that? Because, like, something that always concerns me about the idea of having kids with anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even if that's, like, a route I want to go or I'm privileged to do or whatever the case, I just, there is, for me, what was lacking in my childhood, the mm-hmm. thing that I feel like would make me a better human, mm-hmm. like, in a lot of fronts, is that, like, I don't feel like I've ever got a, a good representation of, like, genuine love Mm -hmm. right and I don't think that love has to be your heteronormative Mm -hmm. like love in terms of romance but like when you when you said like oh I'd be you know a a house full of friends like to me like I I don't ever want to bring a kid into this world until I know they will be surrounded by those representations Mm -hmm. like I grew up my mom has a lot of mental health issues and she very much depends on relationships for her mm-hmm. self-worth. Like, mm-hmm. So throughout my life, like I was always picking up the pieces. Like anytime my mom got out of a relationship, mm-hmm. because mind you, like that's also putting, like I love my mom, but she put me through a lot in terms of like hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
there were times she was dating people who had kids. So I was like, oh my God, I have step siblings. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to be so exciting. I have a big sister, like literally to this day, like one of them I still talk to. Mm -hmm. Like, but like she, there was never like at least, there was never a year that my mom went without being in a relationship and moving in and doing the whole thing you could think of. So I've lived with a lot of like, and, and luckily nothing bad ever happened to me for that. And like nothing against my mom, but like, she needs that. Mm -hmm. When she wasn't in a relationship was in her worst, like mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Like she wouldn't come out of her room. Her room was complete cave, dark everywhere. Like literally padding like this on the windows. Mm -hmm. Like my mom would not want to be around people like if she wasn't in a relationship and she dealt with a lot of abuse and I witnessed that. Mm -hmm. And so all like some, some people take what they get, like what they view or what's represented or reflected in their childhood and they recreate it. I took a stance where I was like, I don't ever want to be like this, right? Like I never wanted to depend or rely on anyone for my like self-worth or happiness. Yeah. Like, and that's something I've all, that's why it takes me so long to like move on after a relationship because it takes a lot for me to even get into a relationship. Yeah. It takes like a complete vulnerability that, that I have to, you earn yeah. from me. But I have never been in a relationship where I felt like this is what, this I feel comfortable bringing a child into. And not that every relationship I've been in is bad, mm -hmm. but like none, I, I would feel much more confident in raising my child with friends. Yeah. Because there's, there's something that happens with your girlfriends, right? Mm -hmm. Or friends in general that like you are able to like, shed a layer mm -hmm. of performance yeah. almost yeah. because like you don't want to be wanted by your friends like mm. and and I I think that you do get to a point in relationships where that goes away and mm -hmm. like you're not trying to be anything for anyone but the end of the day like the first few years of dating mm -hmm. is just that is yeah. like wanting to show parts of yourself but still be wanted in the process yeah. still be desired by that person and I don't think that's bad mm -hmm. but I think that I have personally not been in a relationship that I felt was a partnership or a friendship mm -hmm. in the same ways where like my child would see love, like where I think that love is unwavering. Mm -hmm. Like I don't agree with half the stuff my friends do. Like mm -hmm. when they talk about social media, I go on my whole little lectures about <laughs> like, are y'all kidding me? They're programming us to think like this. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask any one of my friends, there's not a time that I take like two or three shots and don't mm -hmm. give some lecture. <laughs> like I'm always talking about the world. Like they want to talk about regular things and your girl's going to make it like some deep intellectual project. Yes. But they love me for that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, they, they're like, here she goes. Everybody grab the glass. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she, this is going to be a long one. But, like, they, like, feed me. And uh -huh. they, like, they, they hear what I'm saying. And they're not trying to, like, protect their egos yeah. or, or show that they know more yeah. the same amount. Like, they know that's my thing. Yes. They know that even if they think the same way, I'm the one who's gonna lecture about mm -hmm, it because mm -hmm. that is myself. Like, but I I love that I can be whole in those spaces. Mm -hmm. And if I can't be whole in a space, then I don't feel like how can I raise a child to be whole if I am still incomplete? You know? Dang, that was a long that was a long spiel. No, but we, basically when you said yes. raise kids with friends, I was like, man, because like that is the one thing that like. I feel is so necessary in your upbringing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be romance or like romantic, but like 
to see like partnership, mm-hmm. like to see like support and community in love, yeah. like that's unconditional. Yes. Is something that like I didn't grow up with, I feel like. Yes. Like and I feel like so many people in my life have not been exposed to. We have been exposed to people trying to make it work. Yes, always make it work. And not saying like things don't happen. Yeah. I argue with my friends all the time. Like but mm-hmm. but I know after those arguments, even if we don't agree, I know we still gonna be friends. Yeah. Like Yeah. I think for me the other side is like I was just talking to my line sister about this. I'm like, I want to be able to have a kid without the fear that at some point the father is going to be abusive. And for me, it's like, to me, that's if if I have to have a reason for wanting to raise a kid, I want to have a child that has the possibility and the opportunity to have a secure attachment. And it's like... Ooh, secure attachment. A secure attachment. Can we put that on shirts? (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Because, like, you know, it should happen, sure, but it's like, because... And honestly, maybe this is, like, work for generations down the line, because even now our generation is in this idea that mental health and healing is the woman's job, which inherently is still recreating the same, you know, social dynamic in the household. (laughs) So maybe, like, my niece and my nephew will have a chance. <laughs> like, but to me, that's the biggest thing, which is why I'm, like, I I honestly dream of raising a child with, like, a coven of women. <laughs> that is, like, my, that is my real, 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 real dream. We gonna use this as a manifestation <laughs> because that is something that I dream about. Because when I, when I think about, like, the future in my life and, like, what my goals are, marriage, actually, I can't see it. I don't see marriage. I don't see, like, um, a romantic relationship, per se. I see deep relationships, as um, Adrian Marie Brown says, like, mild, deep relationships with black women, which is also why I made this podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay? But it's, like, that is something that when I close my eyes, I can see. It's like, it's it's even like, even in my spiritual practices, like, and this is going real deep, but like, men don't get to talk to me in my dreams. You know what I mean? It's like, the people who are communicating spiritual messages to me are women. Like, men are not a part of that. And if so, it's like my grandpa. Do you know what I mean? It's like people who can be spiritual guides. But with regards to, like, am I engaging with men in the way that maybe, like, normal people engage in their dreams? No. Because, like, normally, you know, you can have dreams with people who are just passerbys and they just sort of act as vessels to fill the time. Like, Mm. that does not happen. Like, they don't get to talk to me. And so it's (laughs) like, seriously, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where my future will be as it pertains to children because also this idea that I'm speaking about is, like, abnormal for where we are now, like, mm-hmm. in this space. and But also, shout-out to Ronnie Lee Anderson um, and I'm Oyesi, the other two sort of co-captains, thought partners of the other sort of section of this podcast because we always, like, so we all going to have kids and so we are. together. <laughs> because we, you going to live down the street. I send my kid down to you. Right. Like. When she talked about, like, the me first culture that we live mm-hmm. in right now, right? That is, like, why, what terrifies me about having a kid, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, 
I really don't know people who don't think like that. Like, I, it, one of the most frustrating things I feel like in my, like, current state mm-hmm. is that, like, people try to connect with, like, they hear me. They connect, they connect with what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but the way that they connect is, is one-dimensional, right? Mm. So we can connect on some ideas. And they're like, oh, wow, Jelly, like, yeah, I think the same way. But then the moment we, like, switch to a different topic where it still applies, mm-hmm. in it, but it's about them as an individual, it's always me first, right? Like, and, and on one end, I recognize survival of the fittest. Like, yeah. I, oh, God, I can't believe I just said survival of the fittest because that is, like, what is his name? Freud? Mm-hmm. F. Freud. We're not talking about Freud. But, <laughs> but like, I can understand. It's like human nature. Yeah, yeah. like, like talking and, and being in a, relationship, in a relationship with someone who has a kid, mm-hmm. you're, like, more confronted with, like, the realities of, like, child care. Like, mm-hmm. Like, there's, you can't tell a, a two-year-old, like, about the world. Like, they're not going, they don't know, they're still learning objects. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. so, like, there's this kind of simultaneous want to, like, craft a different future, a different world, like, world-making almost. That's mm-hmm. what we do as a community. There's that side of it, but there's also survival in the reality. Yeah. And, like, I I think about like what that means as a parent, like Mm -hmm. wanting your child to survive and and excel and be happy in the world, but also recognize and and achieve that dependent of what society marks as what happiness looks like and what success looks like. And that is something that I think as as black women, that's it's it's really Difficult and going back to what you said earlier about like the relationships between black mothers and sons and like of course This is not like generalized or something Mm -hmm. that we can apply to all family structures, but Black women always are in 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 black community spaces are always the nurturers And that's not just a women thing. It's like a like like how we talk. Oh women femininity It's Mm -hmm. not just a femininity thing. It's it's the history of black women yeah. and what role they take in their community. But that is a form of labor that, like, yeah. we don't address. Y'all, tell me Jelly don't be up in here preaching. Tell me! Tell me Jelly don't be up in here preaching. On some shit, I passed the collection place twice, honey. On some, y'all know you in a black Baptist church or a black church pier where they go, well, I know we had... A visiting pastor so if you could we gonna take up another collection to give directly to the pastor and if you don't want to bring your money up to the front no worries we gonna have baskets waiting for you at the door <laughs> yo <laughs> i hope y'all enjoyed this episode if you know me oh my god i love a critical labor analysis with regards to what black women are doing, like truly doing the work that they're actually doing. Because black women be tired and it's for reasons that we've mentioned, right? This expectation of (sighs) to actually be, just to be, just to do, to fill the void, to fill in the blanks. ah, 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 I could go on and on and on, but I won't. Why? Because to be continued. <laughs> There's still more. We have more than we recorded. Um, and also, these next few episodes is going to be when the wine was really slapping. <laughs> so, 
very grateful that you all are with us for another episode. I pray that you come back. Um, and with all that being said, I'm your host, Sierra Elward, artivist, black woman, Grio. Y'all stay blessed now. What's got you dumbfounded and frightened? Is it the threat that something may change? Go on and shake the ground, the lightning and thunder sounds. Are you gonna give up now? Oh no, mm-hmm. take your